following is an exclusive Disruption Network production. Unbreakable is presented by United Auto Sales. Since 1945, United Auto Sales has been serving the greater Utica area with quality used vehicles, and they're still going strong today. Located at 4994 Commercial Drive in Yorkville, they always have the largest selection of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Stop in or visit them on the web at unitedusedcars.com. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not those of Disruption Network Productions Incorporated or any of its officials or sponsors. The following program contains explicit content. Listener's discretion is advised. In this episode of Unbreakable, the Donato, Danny Nappy story, Danny talks about the grievances he's handled in prison. You ever handle some grievances in prison? Like, I was a grievance clerk. Right, but not just being a clerk, but between inmates, like a beefs between inmates. Oh, Have yeah, you ever had yeah. squashed some of those? Yeah. Can you tell some of those stories? Yeah. It was a max prison. I worked on, I worked in the basement because I was involved with the incoming and, go, and outgoing inmates. Um, incoming inmates who were going out. Reception, reception. And I worked in the basement of that building. And, and in there... I, I had a laundry man that worked in the laundry and did some of my clothes, but like my underwear and stuff, I used to bring it down to the basement and wash it myself. They sell Tide and all that in the commissary. So it was one, and I used to like colored T-shirts. So it was one day I uh, went down there. I had about six T-shirts. I left them on a desk at that office. I got called out somewhere, and they, I had to go to some. So I leave them out of thing. When I got back... They were missing. So what I do, I ask everybody, these t-shirts were on the thing. Who was down there wasn't supposed to be down here? I don't know, that. I don't know. These are my fucking t-shirts. I want them back, and I'm going to get them back. So one guy calls me aside. He says, Nap, there was a black guy. They just hired him as a porter down here. But he lives in a different block, but he works, works program in my block. So I find out who he was. I find out that he did it. I knew his name. And it was a blood. And that's a tough gang in prison. Bloods are pretty bad. But it just so happens, I knew every head of every gang in the fucking jo- in that joint, in that max joint. So I go to his, his man. I says, you, you know, I'm coming to you because I don't want a fucking problem. But I know, and you know, if I have a problem, it's going to be a fucking problem. I have to take care of it. You know, he always used, like, diplomacy before anything else. So I told him the name. I says... I want my T-shirt back. That fucking afternoon, the kid who robbed my T, young guy, came to my cell. The T-shirts folded the same fucking way that I had them folded out. I think I don't like the macho shit. I don't like to like stab somebody just to say I stab somebody. I asked the kid. I said, "How old are you?" He says, "I'm 20 years old." I said, "You got a lot of time." He said, "I just came in with 20 to life." I'm going to give you a little fucking advice, because at that time I had 16 years in on the, on the 25. I said, you can't steal. You can't steal. I'm letting this go because I know who you're with. You're with the, your man out there. This is, they do this a number when you're in bloods. It's, it's a signal. That's their signal, yeah. their hand sign. Yeah, it's a number sign. Each number's a higher rank. I says, I went to him. And I said, but I'm going to give you advice. Don't do this to anybody. You caught a guy. You caught a guy that's not going to hurt you for six fucking T-shirts. But somebody that you wrap for six T-shirts is going to kill you. And that was one of the problems that I went. How I know how to solve my problem. You know, if you got a good rep, you're a good person. 
When I walked in the yard, it was my like my thing. I stop and see him. He was a Latin Latin king, bloods, headhunters. They had a million fucking gangs then. Nietas. I knew them all. The Latin kings were having problems with the bloods in the yard. So that you know they're, they're fights. So when they go out, they're gonna fucking stab each other. So it was a guy, a Latin king. He was my bunkie in a certain medium prison. They knew about in there about organized crime with me too. You know, just like I know your blood, they know about organized crime. He said, "I got to ask you a favor." That this is a Puerto Rican guy, he's Latin king. He says, "You know, you're you're a white guy." He says, "There's talk that there's going to something's going to go down in the yard," and he says. I got to ask if you bring a couple of shanks in the yard for us. When we get the yard, give us the shank. But the reason why is when you go to the yard, the cops are at the gate and they'll pull over somebody randomly. You might have a bag, like a swag bag with your gym shoes or something in there, and they look and they don't usually hit certain white guys like me. They know I wasn't a troublemaker. So I brought him out. I brought the shanks out for him. Luckily to me, because if I got caught with the shanks, I go to the fucking backs. That's on my record too. You bring in my, you know. He never forgot it. That followed me to other prisons. You know, doing that for that guy, because he told his buddies and whatever his crew. Does mafia have any hand signals? I can tell that one. Could I tell you that one? Yeah, Did I ever tell you that one? No. You know my sense of humor, right? <laughs> There's these Spanish guys. I knew all the signals. This was Yetta, this was Blood King, this was Blood. Because they're, they're young guys. They don't give a fuck. You see them in the mess hall. It's supposed to be a secret organization. So we're in a dormer, and uh, these Spanish kids come up. They're young. They're from New York City. They, I don't know what crew they were with. Matt, does a, does a mafia have a signal like uh, we do? I said, I don't fuck the way I know what the mafia does. Oh, we know. We know about you. So I said, nah, nah, nah. No, come on, tell us, tell us, tell us. So I'm making this all up in my head. I see them in the fucking mess. I know they can't hold water. Hold water and you tell them something. They're going to fucking tell. Then, as soon as I leave, five seconds later, they're going to tell. I know this. So I make up a signal in my mind. So what should I tell these kids? So I said, look it. Don't ever fucking tell nobody because if they find out, I'll get killed. I'll get in a lot of fucking trouble. But I'm going to tell you guys because I trust you. <laughs> so I give them a signal like this here. So don't tell nobody. All right, two hours later, we go to lunch. They're in the mess hall. You got to wait in line to get to the fucking... <laughs> All of a sudden, they go like this. If the Italians are on leash at least, they would know... <laughs> they give me the signal back. The signal, I told them, please don't tell nobody. They don't care. They can't hold water. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Joey's at 307. Joey's at 307 is the Utica area's best for Italian fine dining. Located at 307 Mohawk Street in East Utica. Enjoy a revolving dinner menu, amazing seafood dishes, classic Utica Italian dishes, lunch specials, catering, and now serving beer and wine. Call them today to reserve a table at 315 315- 864-3527. Joey's at 307. You're going to love it. They think the COs are, are rednecks, dumb bastards. No. 
They don't realize that CEOs go to his fucking gangbangers, they call it, schools. The state sends them there as, a, as an officer. They wear, and some CEOs, they wear those glasses where you can't look at their eyes. The outside is uh, silver-like, and that's their job. They're looking around with their eyes. They may, you may think they're looking straight, but they're looking this way, they're looking that. They're looking for all hand, all the gangland signals. They, they watch you. But they don't know. They don't think about that. Yeah, this here means when you're in Italian, when we were kids. For instance, you used to tell me, Hey, Nap, you want to go have coffee? And I would say, Z, no, just that. Leash, leash, I order. I'm saying I have no money. This is a signal you're broke. So that's what I come up with with, the, <laughs> with those kids. Leash, leash, they're all now, drunk. Here's another thing. Listen, another thing. <laughs> Guys who go outside, there's hooch, homemade hooch out in the yard, so they get drunk or they get high on fucking something. They can't handle it. So right away when they walk in, when the yard closes, they walk in, there's guards all the way, you know, COs all the way, and they're watching you, they're looking around, looking for shame, whatever they're looking for. So the guy's staggering in, fucked up, right? And then some CO sees him getting against the wall, sends him for a drug, drug t- uh, piss test or whatever, and writes him up a ticket. And they think, how the fuck somebody snitched on me? I know somebody, somebody snitched on you. You walked in half fucking dead. You wobbled the duty. Think these cops are that stupid? What's the craziest fight you ever seen in prison? This guy in Auburn. The cells in Auburn were in cinder blocks, the walls. They were made out of steel. This guy owed money for drugs. All right. This is in the early 80s. The way I mentioned dates is because you could have things in the early 80s. In the early 80s, you could have glass containers, such as um, mayonnaise come in a glass jar or other items. That you, and you save those jars for maybe drinking or whatever. You haven't got no glass or whatever. And they had these um, hobbies where you could get a sheet of glass and paint maybe cartoons on the glass, paint. And in that, you could have a solvent. Then they had graduated the prison that uh, repaired prison vehicles that uh, stay in the prison. So he had gas. This guy had siphoned gas. He got it back into the block because this guy owed him money. He was in his cell, and he shot a mayonnaise glass full of fucking gas on him and his matches and lit him up. You could hear the screams. I still hear them fucking screams. I hear the screams in a satellite unit because in Auburn, the next block over was a satellite unit that's for bugs. I heard the screams of that guy. He could get him out. He died. The heat was so fucking hot in the cells. Here the walls are straight and they cells. They buckled. They never used that cell again. And I'll bet you that cell is still the way it is now. Guys walking by my cell. This is in Auburn again. Uh, there was a mess hall. As you come back from the mess hall, in the wintertime, they used the cells to try to keep the inmates in from the, the weather. So they walk from one block to the other. Guy sneaks up on a guy with a tomato paste can in a sock. Sometimes they call it a rock in a sock where you can do work with it. Tomato paste can was good because it was a small can, the edges, and you start whacking a guy in his head. It cuts them all up right in front of my fucking cell. 
You must have hit him 20 times fast. Throws the shit in my cell. The sack and all, all full of fucking blood. Cut up his whole fucking head, you know, and cut up. So I got the sack. What am I going to do with it? I flushed the sack down the, the, the toilet, took the tomato paste can. It was all fucking done. This is how hard he hit him. The tomato paste can was all dented. So I took the paper off, flushed that, washed it off. I kept the tomato paste. I, I cooked something with Made it. Made a sauce later. I wasn't going to throw the fucking sauce <laughs> Don't you come? They, the cops come back. They checked every cell around it. You see anything? What are you going to tell the cop I saw something? Let me tell you about my man, Joe Steets. My man, Joe. Joe's a good man. There's another kid. You know what? He's a good kid, and uh, Danny will attest to this. His son is good, too. Got a nice son there. They're good business people. United Auto, that's the place to go for cars. He worked his ass off, Joe. He had that place a long time, right? United, yeah. Since his father passed. And he gives good people a good deal. Joe Steets don't hit nobody over the head. He's an honest, straight guy. He'll buy boats, to take boats for trading, RVs, everything. Please visit their website at unitedusecars.com. At any point in prison that you're scared for your life? I can't say I was ever afraid. No? No. What about on the streets? No. No? I'm going to tell you why, see, I was never afraid. Say you were coming at me, after me, and maybe you had ten bodies, ten people that you fucking killed. You got a bad reputation, yeah? And you're coming after me. How do you know how many fucking people I killed? How do you know how capable I am? So that's why, whatever fucking you can do or you can do, maybe I could do better, 20 times better. That's how I felt. Not that I look for trouble, but I could have things done in prison. And I worked, and this is how we worked. I worked with the Spanish people. It would come to me because maybe he had a Spanish dude that I couldn't get it get to. It was a little wise to them. Come to me, the work was done. If I had something that I couldn't get close to a white guy, go to them. I was pretty fucking strong. You know, for a guy from Utica. <laughs> you know, uh, see, I was pretty fucking strong. And I think about it, yeah. What was the question you asked me? I'm, I'm afraid. Now I think about what I did. And I say to myself, holy shit, you did that? Yeah, maybe I'm a little afraid in that respect. Not doing it, but you're fucking crazy. Dan related to this. I would never let prison break me down. Never mentally, physically, or appearance-wise. Because when you go in there, you're just a fucking number. 82D0218. That was my big one. That's all you are. There's no fucking privacy. You take a shower, there's 10 guys with your shower. One time, there was mandatory in Clinton to take a shower. It's a max. 43 cells in the max. Mandatory, because this is how dirty some people were, that you had to go to shower. They take 43 guys, and 43 guys in a shower. Cops watching you naked. Fucking sometimes the sewage and the thing, the drain wasn't working right, and there was scum on the fucking floor, maybe a half a foot deep. Uh, you know, fucking body. So this, the answer to the question was, Dan, why? In, in New York State, 
You can wear anything you want in the block. But when you go to the mess hall, sick hall, or anything like that, you have to wear at least green pants, state pants. And I wouldn't let them break me. Um, for instance, I had sent for my own sheets, my own blank personal, uh, shirts, sweatshirts, socks, whatever. And I, you would very see me in state clothes, unless I'd spend throw you at the worst state clothes. For instance, I wanted a watch. <clears throat> you can't have anything, shoes over $50, or sneakers if you send them over $50. Watch can't be over $50. I didn't like that. So when I had my, my, my brother send me a pair of shoes, they were $250. With a fake $50 sales tag on. I used to wear shit like that, $250. I had like an eight, uh, $800 watch. Had it sent in with a $50 so I could get it in. I had a lot of shit like that. And nobody ever tried to fucking rob that watch. Nobody. I had a long time. As a matter of fact, I come home with that watch. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Stathis Greek Restaurant. Gyros, platters, moussaka. If you're looking for the best authentic Greek in town, we've got you covered. Come visit us at 1900 Genesee Street, Utica, or call 315-624-0323. And keep an eye on our Facebook page to watch our Rome location take shape. You had a nice music catalog. Music? Catalog, yeah. Yeah, catalogs. Yeah, records. <clears throat> I had, at the time when I went in there, the cassette players, the little ones, had all kinds of music. I was in concert like you are with those headphones on, and night, the Allman Brothers. I was really... What was your, what was your heavy rotation? Your music? What, was your, you know, what were you listening to? I get stuck on a certain group. I used to love the Allman Brothers. I loved jazz, all, blues. I started in blues. Marshall Tucker. Yeah, Marshall Tucker Band. Skinner. That's so funny. They, he loved, that so he funny? likes Southern Rock. Southern Rock. Yeah. He's it, it, got that blues and Southern Rock vibe. That's funny. But he will drive you nuts with Italian music, too. <laughs> I'm glad I got that uh, serious XM in the truck. It's, he actually is pretty diverse. It is. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's even well-versed. This is funny as hell. But he's well-versed in rap. How about Paul, Count Basie? Count Basie. <laughs> I love the old the big band, Count Basie, Woody Herman. And even before he went away, because he had quite a lot of uh, vinyl. And I was a little kid, and I used to play with his vinyl. So I remember distinctly what he had. And unfortunately, I was introduced to Richard Pryor, his Richard Pryor albums, <laughs> at a very young age, probably five, six, seven. I still I could probably remember some of those, so, some of those albums. I got them on the serious uh, Netflix. Here's what a lot I was. They had 8-track before they had cassette. 8-track was that bigger one. Mm-hmm. If I liked a song, I would record the song over and over and over on the whole 8-track player. So when I put it in, that's all I heard that song. His, niece, uh, his cousin Janae would tell you, Uncle Dan, that's all you got is one song in this? When <laughs> was part of my mental man, I, you know, I don't feel that I'm playing with a full deck either. And do you know what I've acquired? <clears throat> I'm the curator of all this prison artwork that got sent home to me. There's some yeah. pretty weird shit I've... I thought we should I was put on display here. <laughs> I thought I was doing him good, you know? Like, <laughs> I'd draw a picture of his dog. I had somebody in there that they thought they were artists. He was a fucking inmate. And I said, draw a picture of this dog. I'll send a picture home to him. And he probably said, 
the fuck did he say in this show? <laughs> he used to put it in the garage. Has you got that hung up? Yeah, Dad, it's in the fucking garage. He, he didn't tell me. The years later, I found out it was in the garage. I still have a couple things. It wasn't too far from, like, the mirrors that you would win at field days. There was a Spanish kid. First of all, in Auburn years ago, they had a barber shop. Uh, you can... Uh, you can go to this barber school in prison and learn how to be a barber. And, and when you get out, you could apply for a barber's license. Okay. So when this, And they really had, you could go to the barber, they had inmates with fucking straight razors. They put them around, they give you a, you know, the... Do you ever have a barber give you a shave? Hot shave. Hot shave yeah. with the hot towel and the, and the chair like this. And here's an inmate with a real fucking straight razor. So they got storehouses where they keep all the supplies. So if you need straight razors, they got them. Whatever you need in the prison. Somehow or some way, a box of straight razors, maybe 20 of them, got missing. So naturally, they know they're in the population. But they couldn't find these straight razors. So in my dorm, there was this little Spanish guy. Quiet. Quiet. He was like a little... A little retarded. A nice guy. He didn't bother no fucking body. This other big guy was putting pressure on him. Now, I see this for myself. He's putting that pressure, putting that pressure. Like, he's a big, tough guy. You're picking on this. They do. They, in prison, a lot of people pick on the weak. A lot of them, though. So one fucking day, he starts again with the kid. The kid pulled out a Spanish, uh, straight laser. He cut him across his belly. Right across his fucking belly. Kid went fucking nuts. I never forget the look at the guy, the big guy that got cut. He stepped back, he looked at the kid. The kid was going to cut his neck off. And he held his fucking stomach. He actually held his stomach together so his fucking guts wouldn't come out. I saw this. And lucky kid, it's a lucky thing the guy ran because this kid was going to do him up. Another time in Auburn... They have a shower in the yard. It's a little building with a shower. It's it's glass. You go naturally because the cops outside in the yard. He's on the on the post and he's watching the shower. He watches the shower. There was these two homos. I'm against. I got nothing against homosexuals. And the way I said it, let them do them. They do them. I do me. They had a beef. So one of the home, they were in love. Two men. He's watching his ex-girlfriend, whoever it is. He goes into the shower. He waits till he gets all undressed, gets in the shower, puts a shampoo on his fucking head. You know when he puts shampoo, sometimes he gets in your eye? He waited to the perfect time. He went in that shower, Danny, with a straight razor. Started cutting this other guy up. He cut him out so bad that the water looked like Kool-Aid, how much blood was in the fucking bathroom. Now, you see some really, really, really nasty things. Another guy got his eye poked out with a fucking pen. I even had a beef with a guy in a max joint. Outside in the yard, they had a big, big building they called the armory. One side was when weights. The middle side, they had a couple of showers and commodes and everything. The other side, they had basketball courts and tables where you could play pinock or whatever you I had a hat, a regular hat, like a baseball hat, but it was a nice one. I sent away for it or something. And I found out I left it in the, the armory by mistake. 
Somebody naturally, they see it, they're going to fucking rob it. You got to watch everything. And he did rob it, and I found out who robbed it. So again, in the army, the guy was playing dominoes, and I walked up, put him with a fucking, just a pen, and hit him in his fucking cheek. And when you hit somebody with a pen in the cheek, it goes right through the fucking thing. Unless the tooth stops it, it'll go right through his fucking mouth. And good for him. Grab my fucking hat. Shit you have to do, you have to do it sometimes, but you don't want to do it. But if you don't do it, then they think you're soft, and that's who they go after. You're soft. They watch people get a package. He gets a package. Maybe he got a new pair of sneaks. Right? Somebody will watch him. When he's got them under his bed or somewhere and he's not around, they go around the fucking sneaks. But they do that on people who are weak, such as what I mean about weak. Maybe a Bible or Maybe a guy's a religious guy. He is a nice guy, but, he, but then he's weak. And they figure, well, he's weak. What's he going to do? And now it got so bad, it's, it's not one-on-one. Guys belong to the gangs. You have my sneaks. You may be with the fucking bloods, or with the uh, nietas, or with the Latin kings. I got to fight ten fucking guys. They ain't going to let nobody hurt their gangs. Unbreakable is sponsored by United Auto Sales, Joey's at 307, and Stathis Greek Restaurant. Executive producer, Danny Nappy Jr. and Anthony Z. Donaldson. Legal advice, Christopher Jude Pelly and David Longaretta. Artwork by Jerry Bernardo. Consultants, Gabe Altamuro, Todd Williams, and Adeline Van Dyke. Social media marketing, Christy Schleider. And I'm your narrator, Anthony Colenzo. We'd like to give a special thanks to Lisa Wilsey and J. Anthony Stucci. This has been a Disruption Networks production. All rights reserved, 2022.